Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we bring Sunday home. Join us as we dive deeper into First Baptist's weekly sermons, discuss practical applications, and answer your questions. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast. I'm Jordan Upton, the Director of Broadcast and Media Outreach here at First Baptist, and with me as always is Pastor Jeff Reynolds. Jeff, how are you doing today? Man, I'm great. I had a great weekend. It was my my little girl's birthday, Aww. and she turned 10. She is now in double digits, so wow. for the next 90 years, she's going to be in double digits. Um, so we had a big weekend of celebrating, and um, we actually we got her birthday cake. You know, you you had blackberry cobbler, right? but we got her cake. We had to go to Nashville, so we stopped in Hendersonville at that Nothing Bunt Cakes, uh, and, yeah. and we got a full-size Nothing Bunt Cake. And I want to tell you something. That was incredible. So again, not a commercial, but we really enjoyed it. So that was really good. We, we've, we've had a big time. Good, good, good. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a bunt pun, but we'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> so today we're in James chapter 4, verses 11 through 17. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Okay, so James writes that the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. So how is judging someone else judging the law and which law is in view here? That's a great question. And as I was preparing for the message, I went and and consulted several different commentaries about that very issue. And the commentators tend to agree that the law that James here references is the same royal law that he references in chapter 2, verse 8, where James says, if you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, quote, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, end quote, you are doing well. And so all the commentators seem to agree that that is the law that he is referencing here. And in preparing for this, you've cited Leviticus chapter 19, verses 15 through 18, where Jesus derives that quotation uh, when he's answering the question, what is the greatest commandment? And he answers, well, the first greatest is this. And then Jesus goes above and beyond and says, here's the second greatest. God really puts some handles on what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. So he says, you shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. And what's interesting is when God says, I am the Lord, what he's saying is, I am the Lord. I am your God. You are my people. You live differently. And he continues, you shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so here in this very passage, back in Leviticus chapter 19, it talks about slander. 
And really, again, James continues on this theme of the tongue. And if I'm standing in arrogant judgment over you, my brother, then I am putting myself in the place of God, who is the judge. That's not okay. That's what Satan did. And it is a level of pride that God calls us to run away from. Uh, again, as we as we mentioned in the sermon, it's not that we don't point out obvious sins. It's not that we don't help one another um, avoid the pitfalls that God has made very clear in His Word, but it's the way that we look at one another. It's it's that we don't stand. You know, I said in the sermon that there's a lot of things that that. There's no biblical record about. There's no biblical admonition about, but we disagree on them. And the thing that came to mind, and I didn't want to run into this in uh, uh, on Sunday, but since this is beyond Sunday, I'll say there you, you, know, you think <laughs> you think about like school choice, okay? Yeah. So within our church, we have people who love public school. We have people who love private school. We have people who love homeschool. You know, I'm not going to look in the Bible and say, well, thou shalt attend this sort of school. Mm-hmm. And people can can really dearly hold that value in their lives. And that can become an issue of judgmentalism. Well, I'm a better Christian than you because I have made this choice. And the argument and, and this is a real argument that I've heard in churches. Mm. I, I haven't necessarily heard it in our church. But I've absolutely seen factions grow over, well, we're better because we're in the public, or we're better because we're in the private, or we're better because and, – and that's just not addressed in Scripture, and we have the freedom to choose what we feel like is the best path for our children, provided that it's not a sinful path. And so I, I think that we have to be very careful that we can elevate our personal preferences to the level of the law. Um, there was a quote that I had in my notes that I didn't share um, from David Platt. But he says, he says, Jesus is not telling us to overlook sin in one another. Rather, Jesus is responding to Pharisees who have elevated themselves and demeaned others who didn't live up to their own particular standards. And that's a vital distinction. There are so many things that, that we can differ on within the context of the body of Christ. I mean, I drive a Ford. People might drive Chevys or Buicks or Hondas or what. I mean, you know, I'm not better because of that particular choice that I made. What the Pharisees were doing were they were elevating their standard over God's standard. And Jesus made very clear that that's exactly what they were doing. They had, they had taken their tradition and elevated it beyond um, what God had said. And we have to be careful not to do that. And when we get into judgmentalism based on our personal preferences, you know, oh, I listen to traditional music, I'm better than you. Oh, I listen to contemporary music, I'm better. That, that, is, that is so far from where the Lord wants us to be. And we have to humble ourselves and see that it's okay to have those sorts of differences. Again, the line is drawn at what God has clearly revealed in his word. You know, if, if God said something is sin, then we can't disagree on that. We have to say, yes, this is sin. Um, but there are so many things that God hasn't labeled as sin where we have freedom to um, function according to our conscience and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. During your sermon, you brought up that several of Jesus' teachings uh, should be read together with James's instructions here. So Matthew 7, uh, Jesus says to remove the log from our own eyes before removing the speck from our neighbor's eye, which is to say, if, if I understand correctly, to correct ourselves before correcting others. And then in Matthew 18, he gives the progression of correction for when a brother sins against a brother. Um, so, you know, go to them yourself, uh, bring two or three witnesses, and then go before the church. How do I know when, one, I'm not in a hypocritical state and I shouldn't approach my brother, 
and two, when I am obligated to go to my brother and rebuke him. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the first question, how do I know when, when I'm being a hypocrite or I'm not being a hypocrite? Well, that's both harder and easier than one might think. It's easier than one might think because I know me better than anybody else except for God. You know, God knows the number of hairs on my head. I don't. So he knows me better than I know myself. Um, so I can look within and see, am I portraying something that is not true about me? Uh, am I standing in hypocritical judgment? And, and Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, you hypocrites. When he says, judge not lest you be judged, he says, you hypocrites. Take the speck or take the log out of your eye before you start trying to take the speck out of somebody else's eye. It's easier than one might think because I can look introspectively and see, no, my, my life is not matching my standard of judgment that I'm trying to apply to somebody else right now. But it's also harder than we might think because every human being has a natural tendency towards self-justification. I'm right because I'm right. You know, we all see ourselves as the main character in our movie or the main character in our novel. And so it's kind of like, I think it was President Richard Nixon who in an interview one time was asked about breaking the law. And he said, when the president does it, it's not illegal. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, and, and we all kind of have that. When I do it, it's okay, yeah. but not when you do it. So I think that, that one, we look introspectively, which is easy to do, but we have to look introspectively with a degree of humility and vulnerability and honesty. And then, like David, we pray, and in, in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That's a hard prayer to pray, because God will answer it, and he will show us the offensive ways in us. And so I think there's a degree of humility that has to come there. So that's how I know. Um, I, I, I humble myself. I go to the Lord in prayer. I pray honestly, and and I listen when the Lord shows me the offensive ways in me. But then the second part of your question is, um, how do I know when I'm obligated to rebuke my brother? And I think that's such a great question. Um, I have uh, at times been rebuked by brothers in Christ, and I have uh, and sisters in Christ, um, but and and I've also had to be in the role of rebuking people. Um, and and that word is so harsh. Yeah. And and I can tell you that I have experienced um, being rebuked with a degree of harshness that even goes beyond that. Uh, and I've probably over the years been guilty of rebuking with a degree of harshness. But, you know, the Bible says that we who are spiritual ought to restore one another with gentleness. And there is a degree of humility that is required. So let's just say, you know, you and I are talking, let's say there was some sort of sin issue that had risen to the surface in your life, and because I love you, um, I am going to, to call you out on it. Well, number one, that's going to be just you and me in the room, um, and I want, I want to, to come to you from a very loving place, not from a, a, a condemning place where I say, you know, well, Jordan, you are a horrible person and you're terrible and all those sorts of things. But, I'll, but I want to come to you as your brother and say, man, I've, I've noticed this going on in your life. And, you know, you and I know each other well enough. We know God's word well enough to know this is not the direction God wants you to go. And uh, how can I help you take steps back toward Jesus in this area of your life? And, 
and and often the way you say things can open the door for a much more fruitful conversation. Um, <laughs> I remember one time I made a comment that I that I don't think was bad, but I had uh, another believer in Christ, and it was just the two of us when I made the comment. Um, but he did not appreciate the comment, and he rebuked the devil out of me mm-hmm. in that moment. Well, immediately. I'm done with the conversation. I'm like, you know, what what are you doing? You know, first of all, who do you think you are? And secondly, who do you think I am? And I mean, just all those things. So I think that the, the, the Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. And I think that if we approach one another lovingly and gently, but truthfully, uh, I think that, um, that that is how we go about that. If my brother or sister in Christ is clearly crossing God's line, and clearly stepping into a direction that is opposed to the teaching of Almighty God. That's when I think we ought to intervene. And I'll, I'll wait to say more until you ask your follow-up question. So, Jeff, <laughs> do you have practical advice for intervening in a brother's life? Yeah, I really do. And I'm glad you asked me that question. I'm glad you told me you were going to ask that question because I, it gave me an opportunity to kind of think through. And, and so a couple things, well, several things, actually. Um, first, love them. If you're not motivated by love, you're coming from the, the wrong place to begin with. And any sort of corrective conversation has to come from a place of love. Uh, when Jesus had hard conversations with people, he loved them. You know, even, the, even the, the rich young ruler who wanted to just check off the box and earn eternal life. Well, good teacher, what must I do to earn eternal life? And the Bible says that Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And Jesus was then going to essentially rebuke him. Here's what you need to do. You need to quit following your God of wealth and riches and sell everything and then come follow me. And the guy was not going to come and follow Jesus. Um, But Jesus loved him. And I think we have to start from that place. But then secondly, we have to come from a place of humility. We have to humble ourselves. And we we have to talk to God first about the logs that are in our own eyes. You know, we're going to talk about the speck that's in your eye. Fine. I'm going to talk to God first about the logs that are in my own eye, and I'm going to repent to God. And and if we're in a good enough relationship, I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you about some of my own struggles. I mean, we're going to have that sort of relationship where you know you're going to know I'm not perfect, and I'm not going to, and I'm going to know you're not perfect, and that we're journeying together in Christ. So so I want to humble myself. Third, and and this is kind of getting redundant as I read it, um, but have a relationship with them such that your comments are not coming out of nowhere. Uh, If they know that you care about them from experience, they'll be much more likely to receive your words in a helpful way. You know, I had a guy stop me one time, and we were actually on a run, and he said, he just said, hey, man, I've noticed this going on, and I just want you to be careful because... you could tend toward a slippery slope if you're not careful. And anytime you get confronted about your stuff, I mean, you're immediately immediately going to become a little defensive. And, yeah. and internally, I kind of became defensive. Like, what are you talking about? Well, as time passed and I processed what he said to me, and I understood he was coming from a place of love, and I understood, I mean, this is my friend, my brother. We, you know, we'd done a lot of things together. Um I really began to appreciate the fact that he noticed something that could go in a bad direction, and he spoke up. He wasn't going to be there for the autopsy of my sin. He was going to be there to kind of help me avoid falling into sin, and and I appreciated that. Um, And then fourth, address them with humility, 
gentleness, kindness, and honesty. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And so we come to each other in a spirit of gentleness, not in a spirit, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'll never forget that guy trying to cast the devil out of me. Yeah. It's like, what, you know, come on, man. <laughs> um, I think that those have been helpful to me. Um, it's still not a fun conversation. And then, you know, I think we have a very instructive passage in Matthew 18, and that's the way to do it. And, and to paraphrase, if, if your brother sins against you, go to him, talk to him individually, just the two of us. Um, if they won't listen, take a couple of witnesses. And if they're still being obstinate and they're, they're in obvious sin and all those sorts of things, that's when you get the church involved. And, 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 and I don't think he means at that point standing up in the middle of the service and saying, hey, Jordan's done this. You know, I think that you go to the appropriate leadership of the church and say, here's an issue. And uh, I think some people relish that a little bit too much if you want to know the truth. I think church discipline is a very healthy thing, but I think that church discipline should be done according to the pattern of Matthew 18, and it's not its not some sort of public expose of somebody's struggle. You know, I think that if that if a sin is public, the, the response needs to be public, but most, most people's issues are not public. And uh, I just really, again, never saw Jesus publicly dragging people over the coals. You know, if the Pharisees were, were sinning in public or rebuking him in public, you know, he would he would rebuke them in public, those sorts of things. But but when Nicodemus came to him by night, Jesus had some 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 pushing words to say to Nicodemus that were based out of love and wanting Nicodemus to come to the truth. But he didn't get out a megaphone and display that in front of everybody. Um so I mean I think that that there's a balance there. Yeah. You know, like if you go back to the Leviticus passage that we were talking about earlier, you know, you have rulings and laws for how you're supposed to interact with people in court and do this, that, and the other. But then all of that is bound with the injunction to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So it's like all of these things are supposed to work together. And then when Jesus gives these commands on how we are supposed to interact with each other, it's just giving even more elucidation on how to be humble, but also to be compassionate in correction when it needs to come, but then also like living in a compassionate and loving society where we don't just take people to court all the time. Yeah. And then there comes a point, I mean, if there is, there is no repentance in willful sin, you go, I mean, you look at first Corinthians five where the guy's sleeping with his stepmom. Yeah. You know, that's, that's rough. Yeah. Um, and he's obstinate in that he sees nothing wrong with it. So he's been confronted uh, he's been confronted individually. He's been confronted with witnesses. He's been confronted by the church ostensibly at this point in time. And he's still saying, yeah, I see nothing wrong with it. And at that point, you know, Paul's saying, okay, well, then you're behaving like a Gentile. You're behaving like someone who is outside of the church. That's, that's, what, that's what Jesus is getting at. And there comes a point where, where tough love is needed to say, if you're going to live as one who is not a part of the body of Christ, then you will not be a part of the body of Christ. You know, I think about Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. You know, the father was clearly looking for the son to return. That's why he saw him when he was a far way off um, and ran to him when he returned. But what the father didn't do was go make the pig pen comfortable for him. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a point where he had to hit bottom. He had to, he had to come to the logical end of his decisions. Um, so there are times when you have to let people, if, they, if, if there's no repentance— 
then okay, deal with the consequences, but recognize that you are choosing to step away from the community of Christ. You are choosing to step away from the standard of Almighty God, and you need to know that. There's love in that for sure, but that is that is a last resort. That is not our first step, and we, we take no joy in that. God says, I, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And so those who would turn away from him fully and finally, God is not rejoicing over them turning away, nor should we rejoice over those who fall into sin and remain obstinate in that sin, um, refusing to repent. Yeah, and that takes us right into our listener question for today. Listeners, if you have a question, just go to the link in the description or leave a comment in the comments. So the question is, there are Christians, regular folks as well as pastors, who attack and slander one another. These verses in James about not judging one another should be shouted from the rooftops. How do we protect our hearts and continue to serve faithfully? Well, let me say that this is hard because it happens way too much. Um, I've actually heard non-believers who have witnessed and viewed the way that believers treat each other, and they want nothing to do with Christ because of that. And I think that that is a a remarkably poor witness on our part. Uh, It's a remarkably poor stewardship of the gospel when we we slander one another in those sorts of ways. Um, That's not to be the behavior of the people of God. And I think that what's got to happen is I've got to be different, and you've got to be different. Um, and that's the way that change is affected. And I know that feels so small, but, but what that looks like is this, you know, certainly praying and standing firm in a stance of refusing to participate in gossip is so essential. Hmm. And, you know, we all have people who pull us aside and have you heard about this and just stopping it there. And I know that makes you look like that person that all, oh, you know, they're so holy, but really, that's the level of, of being set apart to which God calls us. That, And somebody starts to do that and say, you know, that's probably not a conversation we need to be having. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, I don't have to give some firm rebuke, although sometimes that's all people will listen to. But, it, but that's probably not a conversation we need to be having. And usually that's enough to redirect us and say, yeah, yeah, you're right. But then also, I think seeking to advocate for those about whom they are talking is important. In other words... You know, if somebody comes to me and says, have you heard about Jordan Upton? <laughs> you know, instead of just saying, yeah, it's probably not, whatever you're going to tell me is probably not a conversation we need to have. Yeah, Jordan's my friend. Jordan's my brother in Christ. Jordan's amazing. Um, and and trying, to, trying to advocate for the person about whom they're trying to talk rather than just shaking your head and saying, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, you know, you know, I think we can all be guilty of slipping into places we don't want to be, don't need to be. We can all have Romans 7 moments where we, like the Apostle Paul, say, the good I want to do, I fail to do, and the sin that I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me? Mm. Um, So we return to Christ constantly in in a posture of repentance, but I think that uh, I think we do have to stand firm. I think we have to constantly keep our own sin, (laughs) the logs in our own eyes, in front of us so... We take those to the Lord, um, but then we can proactively stop those conversations and even advocate for the people that might be being slandered in that moment. Jeff, another great episode. Thank you for all the practical, practical tips you've given us for staying humble and also helping our brothers when they're in times of need. Can you pray us out today? I would love to. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we confess that we are all sinners. We are all sinners in need of a Savior, and we are so thankful that you so loved us that you gave your only begotten Son, to be our Savior. 
And Lord, not only are we justified in Christ, adopted by your grace into the family of God, regenerated, born again, um, Lord, we're also sanctified. And part of this journey of sanctification is being shaped by your Spirit. And Lord, all of us have dead things in us that you are still taking out. And Lord, we pray that you would do that work, that you would take out the dead things and that you would fill us to overflowing with the fruit of your Holy Spirit so that we are the kind of people who love one another as you have loved us. And so, Lord, let that light shine forth from us, through us, to a watching world. Let our witness not be one of condemning one another, but rather let our witness be one of being people who love one another, even though we may disagree with one another on various points. So, Lord, in order to do that, we once again surrender ourselves to your Lordship, proclaiming you are God and we are not, and we need your help. So we submit ourselves to you again. And we ask that you would bless us, that we might be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our channel. To submit a question about Sunday's sermon, the Bible, or walking with Jesus, click the link in the episode description. Our hosts today are Pastor Jeff Reynolds and myself, Jordan Upton. Our engineer is Elliot Beckley.